You're listening to Main Character Energy, a podcast that'll teach you how to become that bitch. Main Character Energy gives you a behind the scenes look at how some of the world's most impactful disruptors, innovators, and creatives came from the bottom and embodied what it means to make it in all forms. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome back to Main Character Energy. Today, we're sitting down with Hannah Williams, who's a 26-year-old content creator in the Washington, D.C. area, tackling a major issue, salary transparency. With her viral series, Hannah encourages strangers to share what they do and how much they make in an effort to combat discriminatory tendencies in employment and close pay gaps that affect women, people of color, workers with disabilities, and the LGBTQ community. Hannah uses her platform to educate her community on market research, salary negotiation, and labor laws to understand workers' rights. And now, let's get into the interview. Millions of people know your face, Hannah. Yeah, I get recognized in like the worst moments too. Like like what? It's always when I like don't want to be recognized, like when I want to be incognito, like a no makeup day, a blah day, a pimple day, like (laughs) the airport. One time I like I, I literally got recognized the other day getting off a red eye from California to DC. And I was like, I was not feeling it. It was not, not a good recognize me. On <laughs> I was like, eye. don't talk to me. And I got recognized in the bathroom. And I was like, cool. <laughs> if this is real life. <laughs> the worst, like the worst. And I just think about like when you're like red eye in the airport, like you definitely just came off of like a, a leg of your one of your tours, I'm sure. Barely like balanced. Yeah, like that's when you I don't even as a as a regular person who nobody knows, I don't even want people to look at me. So yeah. let alone having millions of followers. <laughs> it's different, you know, like nothing really prepares you for when you, you know, cross that chasm and now you start getting recognized. Like nothing prepares you for it. We have this running joke in my family. Um, My parents live really close to me, like in DC, in Northern Virginia. And they always joke, they're like, do you get recognized? And I'm like, yeah, like all the time. And my fiance, James was like, yeah, she gets recognized all the time. And they are like dying to see me get recognized. Like they They don't believe it happen. They don't believe me. And (laughs) it has yet to happen with them. And like literally the other day, my dad was like, can we just go walk the block and like see if it happens? And I'm like, it's not gonna happen <laughs> and also oh my like God. no you can't bait me like that <laughs> like, the torture. Do that. <laughs> this is what happens when you're the like, main character of your family <laughs> and I'm like such a I'm a side character energy like main character energy is so perfect for this pod but <laughs> I'm very much like I want to be incognito don't look at me like I don't want to talk to you but I'm like the most friendly person on the internet so people like expect that without realizing I'm very much introverted and like shy and you know, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's new. It's definitely something people don't prepare you for. But like, no. what do you like? What do people mostly say? Like, is it kind of vague? Like, oh, I recognize you. Like, I like your videos. Or is it like, do people have more to say? Like, do they like ask yeah. more questions? Like, yeah, you know, I, and I, I always feel bad because I don't want to complain about getting recognized because it's a it's an amazing thing. You know, like, God, what privilege that people feel I'm like an important person to them. But every time people recognize me, like they always say something really positive that makes the situation okay. You know, like at first, like I'll get recognized and I'm like, shit, you know, like I really didn't want to be recognized. But then they're like, I just negotiated my job and you gave me so much like confidence to negotiate. I didn't know what to do. And now I know, and I made 20K more, you know, like all that. And it just makes it 
always every single time I feel lighter than before and it has this amazing effect on me so sometimes I get like really creepy messages from people they're like I recognize you at the airport and I'm like why didn't you say hi that (laughs) is so typical that freaks me out I'm like okay now I'm being watched and I want them to say hi because I love hearing those stories. Like I yeah. love hearing that my work impacted you, you know, like something that is so, you know, every day, my nine to five actually helped you make more money. Like what a dream. I, I'd yeah. love to hear it. Tell a me. A dream. <laughs> yeah. Like tell me because it's also probably like motivation to keep going. Yes. But it, it really blows my mind because it's just the fact that this all started, you know, with one video just yeah. Just a little over a year ago. Happy birthday to <laughs> STS, you. by the way. Thank you. It went so fast. <laughs> it went so fast. Like I it blew my mind when when we were we were in Los Angeles together mm-hmm. and you were telling me that it I mean at that point it hadn't been a year yet. So I was yeah. like, I remember I was like, what? Like mm-hmm. that was crazy. And now it's like you've amassed like nearly two million followers on social mm-hmm. media. You've inked multiple partnerships with global brands. Global. Okay. Snap. Global <laughs> snap. And you've ignited such an important conversation around mm-hmm. pay transparency, obviously. <laughs> what a whirlwind. Yeah, seriously. You want to hear another crazy stat? I just found this out yesterday because I was on LinkedIn and I told James and he was like, what the fuck? Also, can we swear? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. This is, this is an explicit <laughs> podcast. I have a potty mouth. But literally, I was on LinkedIn, and I I used to job hop, right? So like before doing all this, I had five jobs in like less than three years. This job, Salary Transparency, is officially the longest job I have ever held, period. Like, period. My longest job ever was a year and like a little under a month. It was when I was at Booz Allen, and I just passed over a year and a month. So it's wow. crazy that like thank but wow. you yeah it, this is like this job feels like everything has happened in four months like it just it blows my mind that we're already a year old and I look back at my other jobs and thinking about like I spent less time there and those felt like decades of my life oh my god <laughs> and they were yeah. less than this <laughs> it's crazy that, that's such the like uh, like millennial gen z experience to like yeah. never be anywhere too long like my longest job to me sounds long and to you mm-hmm. will sound long but it was like <laughs> before this but was two and yeah, a half two years. To three years yeah, yeah like yeah it was like I couldn't almost three and that felt literally felt like it took years off my life like years and years literally like I felt so old <laughs> when I left corporate like like shaking off cobwebs and stuff like my brain just hadn't been put to use and like it's just been overdrive now in the best way you know like I'm, way, I'm, sure. I'm living my dream it really is my dream job Yeah, it's like, not only I mean, obviously, like, you're talking, you know, you're doing your interviews, you're talking to a lot of different types of people. And then of course, like you getting into the content creation bit Mm -hmm. more like really gives you like that creativity to, you know, yeah, play around and do what you want to do. And like, you like in corporate, like, I don't know, not only is it you funding somebody else's dream and everything, but you couldn't be too much, you couldn't be giving Mm -hmm. too much. And I realized I I was like, you know, I, I've done a lot of now decompressing because it takes a long time for you to kind of like oh, yeah. really think about what happened. You know what I mean? Like, cause mm-hmm. you it's went trauma. right into it. It's trauma. Yeah. You're processing yeah. trauma. I was also trauma hopping, which mm-hmm. I realized recently that I haven't 
talked enough about that. And so like, let's talk mm-hmm. about like mm-hmm. this, like why we bounced around to different jobs because yeah. a, I was escaping bad managers mm-hmm. and also trying to like increase my pay every time. So it's like, you yeah, know, you reach that cap, you leave. Was it the same case for you? Absolutely. Nail on the head. It was a combination of money. And that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the driving force for me. It was more so like, once I realized leaving jobs means you can make more money. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this forever because I want to keep making more money. It was more so like, oh, that's a nice little cheat code. Like I can get a better (laughs) job and make more money. Like say less, sign me up. That was my mindset. But really the driving force for me leaving like all my jobs was just not being satisfied where I was. And like, I hated the whole discourse around you need to stay at a job, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and not get a bad reputation fuck that. You need to take care of me. Yeah. Yeah. I was always leaving bad management, a bad job description, like jobs were sold to me. And then once I started, they were completely different than what I had been told. And I like, I literally accepted when I started at, at Booz Allen, I had accepted a role as a junior data scientist. When I started, they told me that that role had already been backfilled. So I got put on the bench. So not only did I leave like my previous job for a a role that had been promised to me when I started, I didn't have that role. And I was put on the bench, which meant I had like two to three months to find another spot on a contract or they'd let me go. Oh my God. That's like, I have zero your livelihood corporate America. Yeah. Because like I left that job and it was harder to get jobs after that because you do sort of like get a reputation once you job hop too much and it's harder to talk around. But like, yeah, I have no sympathy for corporate America. I I don't regret leaving (laughs) any of my jobs. (laughs) I'm glad we both feel that way because that's a question I always get to like, do you regret? I'm like, are you serious? Like like, what? If I could do it again. I do it all over again. I mean, if I could do it again, I would do what you did. I think I stayed too long. Even those two years Mm -hmm. at some places was too long. Like I think I was too loyal because I only Mm -hmm. saw for myself climbing the corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel like you had to at least stay a year or was it just like it just happened to be whatever it was? Or did you feel like you had to make it to a certain point before you left? The goal was always to stay a year. That was always my goal. But then like (laughs) things would happen, you know, like in the role where I was a, I was a senior data analyst making 90 K and that was the pivotal role for me where I found out I was underpaid. And that was the inspiration for STS and everything. When I started that role, I planned on staying there for several, several years. Like it was a great contract. It was like a dream position for me. I was starting to climb, you know, corporate ladder. I'd finally moved up from junior to senior my plan was to stay there. And when I started, they took great care of me. Like I remember we, it was remote work and they did a, uh, what was it? Not a potluck, um, a lottery, like an, a virtual lottery thing. I want a Traeger grill. Like they literally sent me a Traeger grill. And oh, they got like, you comfortable. Yes, they were like, I, I'll stay here forever. Then I found out I was underpaid and I left after six months, you know? So like, they it, do stuff like that. It's the perks. And they're like, you should know what you're signing up for. And it's like, yeah, but you shouldn't switch what I signed up for in the middle of me being in it, you know, and then you in get the, middle. the blame as the candidate, you know, as the employee. And so I really just like those experiences taught me 
don't feel sorry for them. Always do what's best for you. The right employer and the right manager will understand your situation. Like when I, when I found out I was underpaid, I was at four jobs and I was pissed because I knew that like the only way to make my market rate was to leave again. And I was so mad because I was like, it's definitely going to be harder for me to get another job now because like, I've only been here like four or five months. They're definitely going to think I'm like some serial job hopper, which I looked like I was. But when I talked to the company that ended up hiring me for my market rate, they asked me, you know, like, why are you leaving? What happened? I told them flat out. I said that this role has completely changed. I'm fully burnt out. I'm working 60 hours a week. It's not what I signed up for. I'm very miserable. I was fully honest with them. They never asked me again. And they made me an offer like the next week. And I loved that job. Like I quit it to do STS, but I was so happy there. That was the one role that like, if nothing changed there, (laughs) because it didn't change at the time, if it had kept going the way it was, I definitely would have stayed there for a couple of years. I want corporate America to see how simple it can be. Cause I know yeah, that that's the name so of the game. <laughs> it's really so simple. Like I get it. That's the, that's the corporate structure. Other things in the corporate structure that come with those underpaid jobs is the little perks and yeah. the like withholding of like letting you know how valuable you are in the team, but mm-hmm. like kind of giving you little micro doses of like appreciation. It's like doses, yeah. yeah. Dopamine hit here, dopamine hit here, keeps you addicted. Work yep. harder, work harder. I will never we're forget. A like, yeah. Oh my God. Don't like the we're a family run, <laughs> run. I, run. I had similar experience where it's like, I, it, it, it becomes that domino effect like when you were saying that once it happens one place now you have to like catch up now you have to catch Uh up and that's what kept happening to me as well like I remember Mm. one of my entry-level jobs as like an associate um at a non-profit I found out (laughs) my whole career is like finding out I was underpaid as well so we're both like (laughs) saying excuse me like I remember coming in it's a universal experience (laughs) it is and especially when you come from you know college feeling like a superstar like I really did I really did because you know college is just a safe space like you know Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. it's the Mm -hmm. real world but it's still like in this you have a cushion you mm-hmm. have a cushion. So I was doing all the internships. Like I was doing all the things. Like we talked about this a little bit, like getting mm-hmm. all the awards, like getting pat on yeah. the back by these professors and like whatever. I was in like marketing campaigns and stuff. And I was like mm-hmm. coming out like I feel ready for the world. And corporate was literally like, <laughs> girl, <laughs> please, because I get into that associate position and mm-hmm. started talking to people. And this is probably one of my very first conversations about salary transparency. Mm-hmm. And I find out at like a happy hour from a white male colleague with the exact oh, same no. title. Oh, yeah. Like definitely was already like 10 grand more than yeah. me right away, like yeah. which matches kind of like those statistics. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm immediately like, wait, what and then yeah I have to say the other part that was infuriating is and oof, very unique experience <laughs> especially especially black woman experience where yeah. he's like he's like don't you feel like there's like not enough work sometimes and I was literally swamped like I was busting oh, my ass no. and I just like couldn't believe it Probably getting less work than you. Way less. And, you know, I'm like helping run a comms team. Like I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, what's so irritating is like, I get, I get like a firsthand look at what the opposite side of, you know, the spectrum here feels, which is usually white men just being really like, they're always like, oh, well, 
not everyone deserves to make the same amount, which like, I agree, you know, like there are harder workers and like less harder workers. But what's funny to me is that their default is always that they work harder than everyone else. And like, why are you, you know, there's always like more to the story, which for sure there is, but like, not all white men are better than every single one else. Yeah, in the world. it can't be everybody. And that's like <laughs> their perspective. And you know, you're not even you don't know what you don't know. And white right. men know nothing about the female experience, the minority experience in the workplace. Like, yeah, okay, if you're working more than the other person, they could be like, oh, well, I just work faster. Or the woman is getting a lot more work, like writing, uh, writing notes in the meetings, putting together PowerPoints. Women always get handed off those little itty bitty tasks that the men don't want to do that the manager won't assign to the lower level man either. They'll assign to the woman. There's always these things where it's like, it's so embedded. It's so embedded in their experience that they're totally blind to what other people's experiences are. And so that's kind of one of my biggest struggles is articulating what that experience is like to people that have no clue right. you know and so that's because they can't of, if you know you know if you don't you don't like it's if like you don't you don't but at least hard. be open to it you know yeah. like the the, ca- the caucasian like audacity just sometimes gets <laughs> me man <laughs> it's there it's there and like that's why i appreciate like obviously you starting these conversations because especially coming from a woman who a white woman who mm-hmm. is speaking with a wide variety of people and also I love that you highlight like you know people with disabilities and the queer yeah. community and things like that because sometimes you know in especially like an allyship it's like it's easier to hear it from people who mm-hmm. look like you mm-hmm. um so maybe even people who completely like maybe they started off disagreeing but like the more they listen yeah. the more they they're open to the conversation it works out yeah. more that's true. And you know what I really like about my page is sometimes I, I hate feeling like a white savior. Like I don't want to look like the person who, you know, like th- these white feminists that are going to solve everything. And, you know, what frustrates me is we can talk about pay transparency and all that. And like what we can do to advocate for ourselves, like negotiate your salary, do market research, but ultimately like the change isn't going to happen until it changes systemically. And that comes with corporate, you know, action and federal legislation. And that applies also to finance in general. Like I love platforms like Financial Feminist, Her First 100K, you know, these platforms that teach women about money, but ultimately the problems that women face are systemic, you know, and that comes with housing. It comes with food access. It comes Mm -hmm. with so much more. Even like funding business, like all that stuff. You can budget all you want, but there's some things that are in place to keep people behind and that's what we need to target. And so with my platform, I don't want to feel like the white girl preaching to people, you know, like you just need to negotiate and do your market research. It doesn't feel like that. Thank you. Okay, it really I'm doesn't. Glad because yeah. I don't want it to feel like that. Those are tools that people need to learn to advocate for themselves. But ultimately, what I'm targeting is actual systemic change. And I like mm. that I give the mic literally over to other people to talk about their experiences instead of me speaking for them. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And, you know, that kind of just leads me into something I've been meaning to ask you. Is that kind of like a, a next direction for STS? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So I have this thing called my three C's. So it's corporate Congress and community. So it's kind of like my goals and how I budget them, you know, put them in their little groups and stuff. Cause I'm type A as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Me too. But <laughs> community is really like, you know, direct to people teaching them how to negotiate, how to do market research ways they can help for them themselves. Congress is the federal and state legislation. So like ways that I'm trying to get involved right now with a Congresswoman Norton to pass the federal pay transparency bill. Yes. I advocated or testified for the DC pay range act. So hopefully we see that we'll see some movement there. God, they take so long in Congress. Oh my God. God it's so annoying. They're not um, as quick as us. <laughs> not as quick. And then corporate America, which honestly has been the hardest. And they're the ones that are like the biggest nut to crack, right? Because like, even if federal legislation changes and now it's the law for you to re report your salary. Okay, well, they did that in New York with the you know Good Faith Pay Range Act. Companies are still finding ways to skirt around that. Ooh, so how? really- Oh my God, New York did this stupid, not stupid, but they should have thought Speak of this a it. little bit clearer. They put in this clause in New York City for the Pay Range Act that companies have to list a salary range based on good faith of what they assume they can pay a person. So we had banks like City posting salaries that were literally like 100,000 to a million as the range for the oh, job. Oh, I did not know that. So yeah. they can just put anything. They can put anything and argue that it's good faith. Wow. Which is, so it's just like, even if you have laws, companies are still going to find their way to skirt around it. Okay. So when I target, you know, talking to companies and when I speak with executives and stuff, I'm trying to tell them, these are the benefits that pay transparency brings to your business. And ultimately, like they're a no brainer. They increase productivity. They increase loyalty and employee retention. It's more expensive to hire a new employee than it is to raise a current employee to their fair market rate, you know, and that has so simple, Hannah. ripple effects. It's so simple. I, you know, but then at the end of the day, you're talking to these executives who have yachts you know, they're millionaires and they're yeah. making million dollar bonuses. They don't really care about redistributing or doing the right thing, but somehow we got to find a way to talk to them. So that's what I'm trying to do. Girl, I got to give it to you. Like, we'll get into how people can support that because like we're going to include all that info. Um, but off the top of your head, even now, like, you know, we'll drop a plug real quick on that note. <laughs> how can people get behind what you're doing with that? Yeah, ultimately, it's practicing pay transparency in your daily life, and most importantly, with your colleagues in the workplace. For most workers, over 99% of them, unless you work for the government, you know, a railway or a farmer, there's certain provisions of workers that are not protected by this law, but 99% of them are. The National Labor Relations Act protects all workers' rights to talk about their pay. And so we need to exercise that right and demonstrate that this is our dedication to this movement, whether our corporations agree with it or not. And once that starts having its you know, effect within corporations, we're going to start seeing change happen because management and leadership should be listening to what their, their employees want. So really use your voice practice what you preach. If you believe in transparency, have a conversation with a colleague, a friend, a family member, any way you can start dipping your toe into this little taboo topic, but it's so valuable. And once you start having those conversations, I guarantee you, you'll see the value through and through. Normalize pay transparency conversations. Bad yeah. bitches talk about money. <laughs> I love that. Period. Oh my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, I think let's get some t-shirts made because I like merch. that too. Okay, that next time. Talk about money. <laughs> I love that. No, for real. As a matter of fact, I want to hear like what was one of the first times that you talked about money amongst like friends or colleagues? You know, that's such a great question. And I get it a lot because people think that like she was talking about money all the time, right? I wasn't. I wasn't. I was definitely not even aware of the value of pay transparency. And part of the reason why I started STS was because I didn't know, Mm. you know, like I went to Georgetown, which you could argue is a really good school. Yeah. I did not have a work 101 course that taught me how to negotiate my salary, how to do market research, or that it was my right to talk about salary. And I know that I signed NDAs at some of those jobs I had where they specifically had clauses that I wasn't allowed to talk about my salary when it was my right. And I had no idea. So really like finding out I was underpaid and like doing that research on my own. And, you know, I didn't have the reason I was underpaid was because my only other colleague with the same title was fired. So I didn't even have anybody to talk to, to be like, Hey, you know, how much are you making? I'm not sure. You know, I knew I was underpaid because I was the only one and I was supporting this entire team myself. So that realization to me was like, I'm not talking about this and it cost me $20,000. We need to start talking about this. And we so do. that was just the moment for me. And now I talk about it all the time. All the time. <laughs> I could see how it came from you just wanting to know. Yeah. And then the more you ask and the more like, you know, the more data you're like mm-hmm. now collecting. I mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. like remember, I remember this conversation now because mm-hmm. As I was like, I was telling a friend about everything that you're doing and how dope mm. I think it is. And <laughs> it got me thinking about a time they were, this friend was there for this conversation about a time where it came up like in a party setting amongst friends. Oh. And it was like actually one of the first times I had ever really asked mm-hmm. like how much people make because, you know, the stigma and like, I'm yeah. so glad you're normalizing it now because <laughs> not weird anymore. But at the time, mm-hmm. forget how it came up. But we all kind of went around the room and said our salaries. And so I said mine. I think at the time I was making like 50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The next person to go was the friend who was there. And she I'm going to you know what? It's actually important that I also tell you the demographics. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the demographics. So me as a black woman making Mm -hmm. 50 grand another friend she is she's biracial she does like freelance work though she's like a model and a dancer so I she you know how it goes well I will talk more about that too with the transparency yeah with the freelancer. so you know it can ebb and flow yeah that one's difficult mm-hmm. that one's difficult another friend of ours white woman I think at the time she was let's say 75 and then a Latina woman who I want to say was maybe I want to say between 40 and 50 and then a white male who was at the time maybe like 80, 90. Mm-hmm. So all of us were just like looking around because mm-hmm. it was right in front of our faces. Yeah. And granted, yeah. we all did different industries, different things. Uh-huh. But still at the same, just to think Does it warrant like same half? city? Yeah. It's literally Eye-opening. like you're talking 40K to 80K. I don't care what industry, I don't care what you do. That discrepancy should not be that large unless you're doing fundamentally different roles and like different levels. 
that makes no sense. Now that I even think about it, none of them were like a super specialty, like, you know, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like one Special was an code. engineer. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, because that would be a, a like a completely different range. You know? Right. So that was just eye opening. That was one of our first conversations around it. And that Mm -hmm. came up recently as I was like telling what you do. And I was like, that really was the first time. And it sparked something in me. It Mm -hmm. made me mad. It made me mad as it should. It should. It made me furious. (laughs) I created a whole TikTok trashing them. (laughs) (laughs) And anytime I get the opportunity, I trash that company. I trash them so hard because like it's unacceptable. It's really unacceptable. And what makes me so mad is like they they gaslight you, right? You know, like, oh, well, you know, we didn't have the budget, the economy. Oh, what about your team members? You know, this is what they told me when I asked (laughs) for my market rate. But you know what the fuck they told me when I left? Like when I put in my two weeks, what name your price? I shit you not Chris. I'm going to throw you under the bus. His name was Chris. (laughs) That was my manager. Okay. He for real, like I put in my two weeks. I told them weeks, weeks, weeks that I had already asked for the raise. They knew that I was unhappy with my pay. I told them I was burnt out. I told them I was unhappy. This was not news to them. When I put in my two weeks, they knew that I was upset. And they waited until I put in my two weeks. And then finally, after telling me, you don't get a raise more than three to 5% in one year, you can't get a raise until you've been here a year. Then they were like, name your price because we can't, we need you. You can't leave. Three to 5% is cost of living, by the way. Absolutely. Isn't that funny? That's literally a COLA adjustment. Like that's not not a raise. That's my cost of living adjustment. And it's not even in line with inflation right now. Oh my God. What is it now? It's like 7%. Yeah. Or more. (laughs) Yeah. Like honestly, and that's, that's the shit that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Cause now, Mm -hmm. now with their feet to the fire, they have to do something like that. Yeah. And you know what? At least they did. You know what? It's kind of, it's a little bit nice to know that they at least tried to fight for you. Um, Like, I mean, (laughs) they can get wrecked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I, when I left, I didn't get that at all. They're like, they're like, bye. Yeah. They're like, bye. And like salty. But it's like, I was like, I was so glad, obviously, to leave, but I was so disgusted because the company that I left had such a business model of, like, Mm. they were super okay with, like, getting somebody who's, like, kind of entry level. Like, I came there with Mm. experience by then, but the Mm -hmm. business models mostly get the entry levels, pay them fucking nothing. Yeah. Once they realize their worth. They'll be They'll out. leave. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it's like a gross? revolving door. They're like, they're like leeches. They suck you dry until you realize like things are better elsewhere. But then the whole time they gaslight you into thinking it's not. And then finally you do and you realize it was, you know, they're, oh. yeah. It's sick. And Hannah, (laughs) let me tell you, it's sick. Disgusting. (laughs) I always feel like, I always like want to like drag like every company I worked for. Oh, me too. And you know, I love that now I can because like I work for myself. I work for myself. And we treat people good. Yes. And I'm not going back, you know, so I don't care about maintaining a good relationship with them. They were trash and they should be called it. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, because it's, it's literally their morals, their character. Like you're running Mm -hmm. your business off of these like really shifty values. It's really low vibrational. It's not, it's not something like nobody should have to be nice to you forever mm-hmm. just because like you worked with them like no who decided that like that's very much but that is that tra- traditional cult. mentality cult. Ooh, say it <laughs> it's a cult mentality it's a cult excuse me work is a business relationship 
I give you my time, my hours and my energy and you give me a paycheck for my time. I'm not married to you. I can leave whenever I want. I can do whatever I want. I'm not loyal to you. Like this whole idea of like, we're a family. I learned uh-uh. so quickly what a red flag that was. It's ridiculous. Me and one of my old colleagues, we used to say that like we had such bad Stockholm syndrome at our old job. Yeah, we were like, Stockholm oh, they don't beat syndrome. us that bad. Like, it's okay. They only beat us sometimes. <laughs> like, I love out. that. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, we have to go. And like, no, I'm not kidding. That that particular job, that's the one that I, when I first was an associate, found out I was underpaid uh, the yeah. first the first or second time I found that out mm-hmm. and um the more people kept leaving we were like it was like a celebration like you left now yeah. finally like meet <laughs> yeah. us on the other side and and then I, I wanted to kind of go back to about like asking for a raise and how they gaslight you yeah so when at the last company I was at I remember when I I so listen they did that thing where like I had gotten promoted after like the first year like I was mm-hmm. kind of like crushing it things were still Mm -hmm. good this was like before the pandemic too like that changed a lot of things yeah as it it would and then I remember the next year I mean things had fallen on us so bad with the pandemic like it was like we're in the they changed their energy oh Mm -hmm. because it was like survival mode so you really could see Mm -hmm. the true colors come out yeah yeah so we're like you know I'm like holding the team down like I'm like doing all these things like you know of course being super loyal but it's also the pandemic so you're like worried about not having a job it's not like I can really find a new one right now as much Mm -hmm. right so I'm doing all these things scary oh you know what I always forget this piece we took Mm -hmm. a pay cut I took like a six month (gasps) pay cut girl I know I always forget that I always forget that piece. It got real bad. I cry. (laughs) I literally like didn't know what to do. And luckily, I I was freelancing on the side. So like I was kind of like making some money, but also we were, I guess, saving money because we weren't doing anything outside of working. Like it was interesting times. I feel like I spent more money on hobby products (laughs) than like ever in my life. And then like, do you remember that there were also so many delays in stuff because like everything was like stuck in China and like nothing literally ship so I would like spend so much money on these hobby materials and they'd get there like two months later after you're like, over the hobby it's gone I'm like I'm not I don't want to I don't want to knit anymore <laughs> no everything that you had a passion for back then like you're like that yeah. was last month like what literally a time. <laughs> oh just just on that note real quick like I mean I I made my own wine from scratch that's fire I love that thank you I like <laughs> I should do it again I did a lot of things I garden like I became like yeah. a farmer like you know <laughs> yeah I was like got into cakes and baking oh. and stuff and like that was oh my one. gosh I yeah. got like roller skates it was a whole thing that was that was a time so I guess that pay cut like you know that did hurt me <laughs> right you know, but 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 that's an example of those setbacks right like I was yeah. already set back financially coming out the gate being underpaid again another one again and again Mm -hmm, and then went like mm -hmm. six months with a pay cut so think about all that wealth that I'm not getting from those things and then yeah end of the year comes I negotiate the hell out of my salary like I was so proud of myself Hannah yeah like I did my market research Mm -hmm. like I did all the things had such a strong argument Mm -hmm. let me tell you I sat down at that meeting when I tell that man that I like this is what I want mm-hmm. it was nothing crazy I really should have asked for more oh and yeah when I tell this man what I want he acted like I smothered his children like acted so offended like oh my how dare God. you like literally how dare you what literally asked me, like what I need the money for 
Oh my god! Not kidding. Like, it was literally oh like, my god! For what? Like, what do you even need this? Ra- like, I, was I need like, name. <laughs> I'm gonna I send so... a strongly worded email. <laughs> no, that's I was, disgusting. I was extreme. I was extremely taken aback because, like, it's kind of like one of those things that you fear somebody would act like. Yeah, and I saw it like. I got all of that. Like, it was like, what? Like, why would you ask? Why would you ask that? Like, and I literally was like, I stayed strong though. Like I was like, I have loans. Like I, you don't even have to justify it. If that's your market rate, like he can get rate, It's still below the market rate. I was like, this is, I literally had to be like, this is New York city period. Like, do I have to say more? I can already, I already know. Yeah, you definitely should have asked for more. (laughs) I already (laughs) know I should have. alone. I know I should have. And you know, that's so annoying. It's like those stupid moments, like those people can have such a negative effect on you moving forward too. Because now you're going to like self-doubt and be like, oh, well, I'm going to ask for less in my next job interview because that was too much. Oh, that's not true. Like, it's not true. You know what? I bet you that company, I want to know what his salary was. I want to know what his bonus was. And I want to know why they couldn't afford it because I bet you another company could. I really, I'm so curious. And, you know, I like to like keep my little tabs, see how things are going. <laughs> Cause I'm like, but like, it's, it's literally the, the fact of the matter is how easy it is to make people feel wanted and feel accounted for. Mm-hmm. If they even gave me a little more yeah. that year, like if it was like a 7% increase or 6% yeah. something that what I would have been like, oh, great. You know what I mean? Like, it's so yeah, easy I to like, stayed. I would have, I literally would have stayed, but guess what? I never had to do another fucking job mm-hmm. interview again because I left. Because <laughs> you left. Exactly. I'm not going back. I'm in the same boat. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm scarred. <laughs> I'm never going back. But you know what? There's, there's the highs and lows of this. One, mm-hmm. one thing that I know we talked about a little bit that I'm, I, I'm curious about how it's been going mm. is like, you're having these conversations. Like, first of all, you are like truly standing in your power and it <laughs> excites me. Like this conversation oh. is exciting me because it's like, you're really like leading this charge. That's that main character energy. Like you're, <laughs> you're putting yourself out there and yeah. it's a risk that, you know, as, as creatives and creative entrepreneurs that we have to take to, mm-hmm. to get all these things. Yeah, it's a risk. But the downside, I know you being so accessible Mm. on social media like let's talk about the trolls like how are you protecting your mindset (laughs) I know the last time we talked yeah I know you you know you were kind of telling me about some conversations you're having have you been able to do anything to kind of separate yourself from the trolls is it just a thing that you just have to deal with like how does that work yeah you know it's really funny you brought that up because I was just dealing with one um right before this call started oh god tell Um, me about it they do not rest Sometimes I feel like it's their friggin' mission to like hate for some reason. It is like, it really is. I don't, I don't get it. It hasn't improved. (laughs) I Uh. can say, you know, and, and I think I do it to myself partially as well, because like, Part of me is like, I need to hire some, someone to do my social media full time because I agree right now, like I am literally the moderator, the uploader, the editor, like I do everything. So like, if you're, if you talk to anyone on social media or on salary transparency, you're talking to me, like I am the Dude, person you got to get, you know what, yeah. we're, I'm, we're, I'm going to be your accountability buddy. <laughs> yeah. I want you to get a social media manager. I could recommend some, mm-hmm. my thing is like, you need that separation because I'm just like, you know, the, 
you are on a roll, sis. Like, the <laughs> yeah. mindset, I feel like protecting your mindset in this, even though I know you're used to haters hating and that's just mm-hmm. part of the game. But I, I cannot, I still can't believe you do all that posting. Like we were yeah. at brunch and videos are going up and like, I just thought it <laughs> I was, was in like, the corner. Assist- <laughs> that was your assistant. <laughs> no, that was me. It's so funny. I'll be out like at dinner and stuff and I'll be, I'll be like, oh, I got to post. And James is like, don't mind her. She'll be back in like five minutes. <laughs> and I'm just in my phone, you know, posting. No, I it's, know that life. You know, I totally do the same yeah. thing. Like, you know, I have clients that I'm like doing their stuff. So it's like-, like that, man, you got to be on the move. And part of it is like, I, I am talking to someone that I, I would really like to bring on full time, but you know, one of the challenges of being an entrepreneur and a business owner is making sure that your people can get paid first, you know, yeah, like yeah. I, I have a full-time executive assistant and she has brought so much time back into my life. Oh, and she's less good. Stress. She's worth every penny. I love her to death. Um, and she, you know, I compensate her very well for that because she does help me. And so I strongly believe in walking the walk, not just talking the talk and making sure that every everyone on my team is compensated their fair market rate and a little extra because I appreciate them so much. And Love that. you know, we have good good revenue, so they deserve it. But at the same time, it's a risk because it's like you have to plan ahead. You yes. know, like this girl that I want to bring on right now. She told me that she'll do part-time, but she would prefer to do full-time. And personally, I would prefer to her to do full-time as well because I need sure. someone But I don't want to hire someone, you know, because I really need them now. And then three months down the road, we don't secure a partnership and now I can't pay her. Right. She just graduated. I don't want to put her in a situation where she has a great full-time job for three months and then she's on the streets. You know, I have to think about setting up those, you know, consequences and making sure that I'm prepared and able to conquer them. So that's a good leader. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, if I can keep struggling a little bit longer, I will, because I don't want to make a worst situation for someone else. So I'm getting there. Um, yeah, also like good. it is very difficult to give away control. Like it is S- STS is my baby. Like it's Girl. literally my account. Like You're it's talking to a fellow type a Capricorn. Yep. Like I'm like, I get it. <laughs> yep. I can't. It's, we'll get it's there. It's so hard. It took months for me to even relinquish some things with Holly, my assistant. Like yeah. I, I didn't want to let her into it. Cause I was like, I'm not ready to let go. I get that. Yeah. So handing over the reins to the account is like a step further. Yeah. It's so much bigger than just giving someone access to my email. You know, it's, it's everything. It's my identity at this point. And so Mm -hmm. it's very hard to think about someone else doing it because I'm very much like, I don't want other people to suffer. I will take all the suffering because I know I can handle it. You know, like I'm, I'm a very tough, little girl. Yeah, (laughs) you are tough. (laughs) I'm a Sag, you know, I I'm very tough. And so I like think about it in the sense of like, well, you know, if I see it, then someone else doesn't see it. And so when we deal with trolls and stuff, it's kind of like, gosh, it comes with the territory. And I kind of try to have fun with it too. I know Um, I see I sometimes I see the clapbacks. I'm like, man, (laughs) I am I'm quick with it. And people are always like, you're so mean. And I'm like, yeah, but you just commented on my appearance. So you can dish it, but you can't take it. Like, yeah, it's always dish it, but can't take it. They're never, they're never ready. And in a sense, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm not like as good, nearly as good as Drew Raffaello, but she is my inspiration. That's you know, amazing. Like, yeah. It's if good. If you come after me, I'm going to come right back because yeah. like, 
be held accountable. It really oh. pisses me off when I just like delete a comment and then block them. And then I know that they're just going to create another account and come back with something else or just keep doing the same thing. People so like, no for me, I'm like, I'm going to hurt you just as much as you wanted to hurt me. <laughs> Yo, the, the best thing I, I saw, like one day I'm like on your page and like, you're like, this ain't corporate. <laughs> yeah, this ain't corporate. Like, corporate, I'm gonna talk yeah, back. I literally just that was that was that just happened. Like, yeah, that's amazing. I forget what he said. And oh, that's what it was. Some guy was like battling, like his life depended on it with this woman about her experience. Like, and that, and he was like, you. And then he started like calling her names, and he was like, you're ugly, yada yada. And so I like I blocked him, and then. He came back and sent, I, I freaked out about this at first. Cause like Holly, my assistant messaged me. She's like, did you see this message on Facebook? Like what happened? And he had literally reached out on Facebook. Cause we had blocked him on Instagram, reached out on Facebook and was like, I'm such a big fan. I bought merch. I don't know why I was blocked. I was just having like a civil conversation with this person. And I asked her, I was like, what did you like? At first I didn't recognize him. So I was like, oh shit, like what happened? You know, like what was the thread, you know? Cause I don't just block people, you know, I, if yeah. I blocked you, there's it's a reason. It's a reason and you deserved it. And so I was like, what happened? And he sent a, a picture of the thread. And I was like, yeah, I blocked him five minutes ago. Like he can get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like this they, they always think that they the can change complain. Of and I'm like, if you send a message to the account to complain, you're complaining to me and I blocked you. So it falls well, on deaf the, ears. I owe you yeah, nothing. I owe you nothing. And that's the funny thing about trolls. And you see it all the time. Like, obviously, with this is a perfect example. Yeah. It's like, you don't think someone's going to respond. Like, you think you're, like, trolling yeah, into the void. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. I see it happen with, like... Uh, I'll, I'll say other celebrities <laughs> other <laughs> other celebrities I see that happen where it's like oh like they say something like yeah like you ugly cunt bitch and yeah. then like the celebrity is like yeah like fuck you too and they're like oh my god she responded, oh god, love, she you. responded. love you queen. I love you yeah right it is like that like that is so ass, crazy <laughs> I before I started on social media I probably would have like I didn't believe in haters like I thought that that was kind of like something that Drake says to make himself feel better, you know, like that's, that would have probably been my opinion. Yeah. Dead ass. There are people that will follow you and watch every single video you put out religiously and find ways to hate you in the comments. And Ooh. they just hope you don't see it, but honey, I protect my energy. My account is a part of me. And if you say something that I don't like, you're I out. have every right to block you. And sometimes people are like, well, that's not fair. You can't moderate the comments. Otherwise, it's like freedom of speech. I'm like, uh -uh. it's my page. What, <laughs> it's there are, my page. <laughs> you know what people are forgetting? There's no rules, bitch. <laughs> There's no rules. And you know, what's funny is like, they'll say shit like that. And it's literally in direct violation of the, the comments guidelines on, on TikTok, on Instagram. Like you're not allowed to say this shit, period. True. But then you get mad when I hold you accountable to it. Like, Sounds you don't get so nice things, typical. <laughs> yes, you don't get it. And, like, it's, I'm glad that you're, you know, I'm glad that you've become accustomed to what you have to do with it. Like we said, it comes with the territory. Yeah. But it must be a different world than a year ago, Hannah. Like, a lot of things. Oh, yeah. A year ago, you had different problems. Now, like, it's just a whole yeah. different ball game. Like, at it's this totally point, different. like, I just can't wait to see, like, all that's next for STS. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have made it to the first birthday, but there'll be plenty more, obviously. There will be more. 
more. We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> so we already know that like, you know, we can start having these conversations to, you know, support the mission. Right. But what else, you know, how else can people, you know, support? Are you going to be anywhere soon? Should they yes. tune into anything? Yeah. So if you aren't following us, we are at Salary Transparency. If you just type salary, it's like the first big green bubble. It'll pop up. We're okay. Flex. Yep. Flex. <laughs> TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Basically, basically, if you don't have it, we're on something that you do have. <laughs> so follow us there. Um, also, we have an anonymous salary database. So if you do want to contribute your salary on anonymously or look through over 5,000 different salaries for your market research, I have highly recommend you check out our database. We also have a free market research guide. If you need help doing market research, we have a weekly newsletter with awesome career news updates. So you can subscribe. It's a great newsletter. I love that. <laughs> it's Tuesdays now. I love the newsletter. Yep. And it's so good. We just hired a team to like fully, they're dedicated to building this every week and they've made it a thousand times better than it was before. Awesome. I'm, I'm so grateful to them. So I really hope y'all check it out. It's a really good newsletter and it's free. Like we're not asking anything. Thanks for me. listening we're to Main Character Energy. You. If you enjoyed this episode, else, leave a rating yeah, or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow on social at Tiff or Die and Main Character Energy Pod to access exclusive content and get a behind the scenes look as well resources to help you become that bitch see you next week makes you uncomfortable it's something that we can all work on introspectively so start because it's so helpful to you and everyone you're you're sharing with as well i love that you're such a queen hannah and i hope everybody definitely adds to that database that you're building what an incredible tool i wish i had it when i was in corporate and so oh my god that would have been a game changer there's definitely like a freelancer one i saw at one point but Mm -hmm. like those things there's just there's not enough so thanks for paving the way and i'm so happy that you know you can be on here talking with us about this stuff so thank you again thanks for making me the main character tip i appreciate it been been the main character period (laughs) appreciate it thank you tip